Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. Shaking the Monday morning booze or uh, let's talk about it Tuesday. But we started with Wow Wednesday. And oh, what a Wow Wednesday it was as we started off with our girl Vivian. And she talked about the Satan Club that was already in Pennsylvania, but they were starting one in Kansas. Yes, they put the application out in a school. Uh, high school, that is, to start this Satan Club. And uh, the parents were very concerned about this Satan Club going up in this school, but it was the children. Yes, one student got to working and got 6,800 signatures for a petition against getting the school club started. Yes. So, you know, it's it's us who uh, tremble, but it's the children <laughs> that went ahead and acted and giving God thanks for their confidence. So hopefully, you know, there will be no Satan club in the school over there. Yeah. Well, we're talking about uh the child who, unfortunately, the migrant child, who ended up losing his little life uh, when there was a medical emergency, and he ended up being pronounced dead at the hospital. Yes, you know, uh, part of one of those warehouse shelters, you know, the ones we're always talking about, like the tent city, yeah, out in Chicago. Uh, definitely a a reason to be alarmed. He had only gotten here two weeks earlier. Mm. 
And this is one of the things that we've, you know, always talked about, you know, well, are they being medically vetted here when they come, you know, from their other countries? And unfortunately, it seems like the answer is no. Yeah, because it'll only be here two weeks. I mean, what could you have contracted here that was going to be so bad for your little body in two weeks that you would end up succumbing to whatever the illness was? So we could definitely, you know, we have to keep this issue lifted up in prayer because we don't know what in the world is going on all around us. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, the conversation kind of migrated into a completely different area, and I'll tell you about that in a minute, because it kind of got continued on another day. Well, we ended up with a Therapeutic Thursday. Yep, we landed on Therapeutic Thursday, and we had a good time with the Duke Time crew, our focus was, are we living what we're singing? Mm, a good question, don't you think? Yeah, because we sing all these flowery songs, you know, uh, Lord, I'm available to you, and, you know, I'll trust you, Lord, and are we really living by those words? You know, when, when life hits you, when life hits you uh, Sometimes we don't act like we trust God And we may not realize it But those signals are being sent to the non-believer Yeah, I'm not talking about the people who don't believe in God Or don't trust God, in, in, you know, period I'm talking about the, those of us who have said We give our lives to the Lord We've given our lives to the Lord We've been you know, supposedly walking this walk for quite some time. And when, you know, when it gets a little difficult, where are we? Because what we don't keep in mind is that people are watching. It, it's okay. It's okay to, you know, get a little down and out. You know, but the Bible tells us that there's a time for everything underneath the sun. And sometimes when we're crumbling... We don't make a good witness for God. So we covered the songs, I'm available to you, and I'll trust you, Lord, and I'm going all the way. And, you know, <laughs> that one there, that one there is really one that you really, when you listen to the lyrics, yeah, and we listen to the song. So if you were not on with us on Thursday, you missed a wonderful medley of music. Not only were we, you know, talking about the lyrics, we were talking about the song itself. So we got an opportunity to just really listen, you know, to each song and, and go over the lyrics, you know. Hopefully you were going over the lyrics as the song was playing. And it's difficult, you know, I, I do understand, you know, and, and God definitely understands that it gets hard. It gets hard, but that's the time when we really got to sink our heels into faith. Yeah. Don't go with what it looks like. Because, man, if we go with what it looks like, we be messed up. Messed up. 
messed up, messed up, messed up, messed up. All righty. And we have a nice finale with the song from Commissioned, Will You Be Ready? So that one, I'm hoping, you know, the Lord is hoping that it hits you hard. I really hope that it hits you hard because that's that's some real stuff right there. You know, we can do whatever we want to do here on earth, but, you know, Jesus is coming back. And will you be ready when the time comes? And I always say, you know, in our era of time, we probably won't make it until Jesus returns. So my thing is, are you ready in the event that God closes your eyes today or tomorrow? You know, or are you ready in case you develop some level of amnesia, not amnesia, you hear me? dementia or Alzheimer's where you don't even know who the people are that you're looking at? Will you have that connection with God before something tragic happens? And you may not be able to connect with God the same way as you connect with God today. Or you can connect with God today. So, there was some thought-provoking music given to us on a Thursday. Well, Freestyle Friday rolled around. And we got an opportunity to chat with the men. And man, oh man, oh man, they did a fantastic job. As we talked about quite a few topics, but yet again, we were in the song uh, arena. And we talked about R. Kelly and uh, Kirk Franklin. And that's where we started on Wednesday. That conversation got started on Wednesday, and I continued it on Friday. And we played the song Lean On Me, the one by Kirk Franklin. And, you know, there was a challenge out there. You know, has he ministered to R. Kelly the way he should minister to him or he should be ministering to him? You know, is that something that's going on? Is R. Kelly sitting behind bars right now understanding he got a friend that he can lean on? Yeah. Go back and listen. And you'll get to see how this conversation, this particular conversation got started. Because, you know, you know, it, it, it's something for all of us to think about. You know, we we sing these songs, you know, I am here. You don't have to worry. I can see your tears. I'll be there in a hurry if you fall. Friends are, uh, I'm sorry, I'll be there in a hurry if you call. Friends are there to catch you when you fall. Here's my shoulder. You can lean on me. Are we living that? All the people that don't know Christ. All the people who have fallen so hard, are we there for them? You know, I want to go back and give you that verse. Hey, the Lord said, um, you didn't visit me when I was in prison. You didn't feed me when I was hungry. You didn't clothe me 
when I was naked and they said, uh, we don't remember not taking care of you. And Jesus said, when you didn't take care of your brother, you didn't take care of me. And and that's, that's deep. That's deep. Because we don't make the connection like that. Nope, nope. And triple, nope. We don't make that connection. But Jesus is saying, listen, you can't be none of mine if you're looking right at your brother and you turn your back on them. And yet, you're going to tell me you're one of mine? It's very hard. It's, it's very hard, again, to, you know, keep up that, hmm, keep up that pace. Let me just put it like that. I'll use that word. Where you're... You know, not remembering more of the sin and remembering more that your brother just might need you. And, you know, we're not, definitely not, you know, co-signing on anything Mr. R. Kelly did. But we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And to be honest with you, we are Christians and we are still bumping our heads. We all are, and none of us are perfect. So, you know, it's 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 important that we reach out and help those who really, you know, are lost. You know, you going to let the world do it first? Mm, wow. Wow. Or, or are you going to jump on the same bandwagon that the world is on? Mm. So that's how we went into the weekend, this thought-provoking weekend that the men helped to send us in. And, uh, hey, hopefully there was someone that you thought about that you were not there for and you picked up the phone and you reached out to just lend them that shoulder. You never know. Never know. Never know. Okay. Alrighty. Well, today is ah shaking the Monday morning blues. Now, this is the first time we've been able to shake in a while. Yeah, we missed a couple of Mondays there. Well, the holiday and you know all of that stuff. You know, people are always you know running around during the holidays and. You know, we want to give the Tom crew a chance to close their eyes for an extra five minutes. And I have missed you so much. And my prayer is that you've missed the show. Not that you've missed Pastor Steph, but that you've missed all that this broadcast brings you. Because we get up each and every morning with the intent of giving you a true message from God. So we're hoping we're getting this accomplished Because if we're not We're going to have to go back to the drawing board And make sure we do Because if we're not sending that message That Jesus and God want us to send Then we're failing big time So oh, It's been some kind of weekend And it's been some kind of morning How was the weekend for you? You know there was this big Nor'easter that we were 
alerted and alarmed about. And, uh, you know, we always run to the store and we always get that shopping done and we're going to get those goodies and we're going to sit in the warmth and make sure that, you know, we are bunkered down with all the things that we need to be bunkered down with. And I pray that you, you know, are well and that you didn't experience such a bad weather, you know, that you weren't able to get up and give God the glory this morning. And we are really, really, really working toward doing some great things in the Lord, right? Right. So, let's get this morning started. Go ahead and get that healthy breakfast. Go ahead and tell somebody that it's due time with Pastor Steph is on. And whatever you do, don't go anywhere because we will be right back. Rubella is very contagious. If a woman who's pregnant gets infected during her first trimester or even the first 16 weeks. She may have a baby that's blind, deaf, and has heart problems. It's one of the leading causes of vaccine-preventable birth defects. When I first started in rubella in 1994, it was on the back burner. And through a lot of hard work and working with dedicated people, we've been able to bring it forward. At CDC, we provide technical assistance in finding how big of a problem it is in countries that have not introduced the vaccine, looking at their surveillance systems to see how well vaccine introduction has gone, and we help them document the elimination of rubella. I do this because I love it, because I feel like I'm making an impact into people's lives. again. Welcome back to Due Time with Pastor Steph. And we are shaking the Monday morning blues. Yep. Thanks be to God we made it. We're on the other side of the weekend and, you know, it's good to be able to be amongst the ones that are on this side of the grave. And I am excited to be with you. So, I've had a whole lot of stuff to talk to you about today. I don't know if it's going to be some great stuff or some good stuff, but by the time we add the due time crew to it, I'm hoping that you are excited to be on. Well, 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 how are we getting started this morning? Yo, this recall stuff is straight Crazy. We, listen, after a while, we're going to be standing up in a box, biting our nails. 
because everything is on the recall list. Well, massive turkey sausage recall here in New York. Yeah, you know, for those of us who like those sausages, there is a massive turkey sausage recall. Yeah, I'm saying it exactly the way they've posted it. They say of more than 130 pounds. So, the one that they're talking about is the kielbasa sausage that has been put into our reach in uh, over the last couple of months. And it's the 13-ounce plastic vacuum-sealed Parkview. That's the name of the brand, Parkview Turkey Polska Kielbasa. They have a used by April 24th, 24, printed on the package. They say that mm, it's being recalled because consumers, mm, they've complained about the bones in the turkey kielbasa. Yeah. So they say one person suffered a minor oral injury from eating the sausage. And they say if it is, um, if you have that in your possession, please return it to the store where you purchased it or throw it away. Yeah, that's one recall that we're talking about. And, uh, yo, I am, I'm messed up about this one, this next one here, because I have not purchased this item forever. And the one time they got it on sale, the huge, huge box on sale, I buy it, and, yo, it's on the recall list. Well, they're saying that there are certain items that they're selling in the store that have dangerous levels of plastic chemicals that that have become widespread and Cheerios, Coca-Cola and Gerber cereals are on this list. They say they tested 85 food items sold at our local supermarkets and found oh, and by fast food chains and found that there was some level of plastic chemicals in 84 of them. Now, they're called plasticizers, or I don't know how to say this, so I'm going to spell it for you, and I'm, I'm hoping you have your pen and paper, because I always tell you, come to the, to, you know, sit down with a pen and paper when you are talking to Pastor Steph or listening to Pastor Steph, P-H, T as in Tom, H A. L-A-T-E-S, plasticizers, or that word. And they say it seeps in mainly through packaging materials and cause cancer, infertility, birth defects, obesity, and other significant health problems. Oh, and they are calling, this particular group is calling on the feds to ban the use of that particular word. 
okay? Now, they say products that are among the highest levels of plastic, yo plates, or yo play, however you want to pronounce it, original low-fat French vanilla, Ben and Jerry's vanilla ice cream, Wendy's crispy chicken nuggets, oh, that one hurt, Burger King's Whopper, oh, that one hurt too, General Mills original Cheerios, yo, they had, it was it was like on sale, and I'm hoping that it wasn't on sale because they tried to get rid of it. That's what I bought uh, a couple weeks ago. Purdue ground chicken breast and Del Monte sliced peaches. Now, these are the things that are highest in these uh, plastic, oh, boy, you know, count, count, count. So they say that you have other items that do have plastic in it, but it's not at dangerous levels. And they say that these chemicals can also contaminate food via lined metal cans and plastic wraps. And, you know, you always feel like your food is, you know, safe because it, you know, when you open up the box or whatever, you look at and make sure, okay, well, the bag is not chewed through, popped open, there's no, man, it's that that's causing, they say that that's what's causing the plastic to seep into the food. They say that Pizza Hut original pan pizza had half the amount of plastics as Domino's hand-tossed cheese pizza they say beech nut fruities pouch pear banana and raspberries also had half the amount of plastic as Gerber mealtime for baby harvest turkey dinner and we've been hearing about the baby food oh my gosh the formula oh my goodness gracious so they're saying that there are some foods that have an, an, an overabundance of this plastic. There are some that have less. And they're saying things like Polar Springs seltzer have no contaminants. So that's their proof that it doesn't have to exist. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm beginning to wonder where this stuff is being packaged and sent from and Mm, man, I don't know. Well, we're still on this recall list, as I am um, talking about. Sam's Club. Do you shop at Sam's Club? Well, their deli meat has salmonella in it. Oh, my goodness gracious. They're saying that it's being recalled in eight States. Now, the uh, states are Georgia, Illinois, Indiana, Minnesota, North Carolina, Ohio, Oklahoma, and Texas. Now, the particular item or items 
18-ounce plastic tray. There we go with the plastic again. Twin pack labeled Busetto Foods. B-U-S-S-E-T-O. And that's the best if used by date of April 27th of 2024. And they say it's being called because the Minnesota Department of Agriculture found salmonella contamination in unopened package of this particular food. Mm, mm, as my mother would say. So, I don't know, y'all. I don't know. Well, I got... You know what? I'm going to go with this one. I'm going to go with this one. Because I definitely want to talk to my crew about it. So there, keep those pens up. Keep those pens up. Remember a couple of weeks ago we talked about, well, not a couple of weeks ago, a few months ago we talked about don't take your cell phone in the bathroom. Well, I found, I stumbled across a larger list of places they say you should never keep your phone in. I'm going to go through this list. I don't care how late it is in our thing. I think this is really important. They say that there are higher risk places to keep your phone uh, than some of the places that you've heard already. And the list is, ready? Under your pillow. They say do not keep your phone under your pillow. You know, you may want to, you know, keep it there as you have the do not disturb on or, you know, you like to sleep with your phone. But they say that mm, putting your phone underneath your pillow and using it before your bed can disrupt the release of sleep, inducing melatonin and your overall uh circadian rhythm they say that our mobile phones also send and receive signals through radio frequency electromagnetic fields now we've heard of that that ain't nothing new but because of that they say make sure you don't put it underneath your pillow because they say it's been well documented that these signals can pass through the skull reaching the brain, which can pose potential dangers for your health and well-being. Well, here's the problem that I've always had with that. Y'all talk about don't sleep with it. Well, don't we hold it to our ear to talk? They don't sleep, go through our brain at that point? Oh, my gosh. They say some studies have been provided, findings that exposure to these signals result in decrease in your total amount of REM sleep. And, uh, you know, the REM sleep is responsible for a good physical and mental health. All righty. Next, I've heard this a long time ago, don't keep your phone, ladies, in your bra. And I was infamous for that. I, I got to tell you. Um, uh, yeah, I do it. Well, I did it. The phones are too big now, so I can't. They say that... Uh, Holding your phone in your bra has been linked to development of breast cancer due to exposure of radiations and vibrations from your phone. And uh, they say you don't want that bacteria rubbing against your skin. Yeah. 
Mm. All right. They say don't plug your phones up longer than it needs to be plugged up. All right. They say that once it's at 100%, make sure you unplug it. They say that leaving your phone plugged in after it's been fully charged can cause damage to the battery. And uh, batteries are not what they used to be. Remember when the phones first came out, you could change the battery, and if something happened to your battery, you just go to the store and rip out that one, buy a new one. No, these batteries are not made the way they used to be made. So they say, please do not keep it plugged up. Do not put your phone in your glove compartment. Hmm. They say exposing your phone to extreme temperatures is one of the worst possible things you can do. So, mm, it can definitely uh, cause some problems. And they say if you stick it up in there during the cold winter months or the hotter summer days, it can wreak havoc on your phone. They say that when your phone's exposed to excessive heat, you can end up with data loss and or corruption as a result of battery leakage. They say the colder temperatures on your phone can end up suffering display issues, significantly diminished battery life, and uh, maybe even a cracked screen. Mm. So we're going back to the bathroom. They say do not keep your phone In the bathroom, they say, "Mm, make sure you keep it far away from the toilet as the uh, bacteria. Remember, we talked a few weeks ago about the bacteria that floats around in the bathroom when you flush and don't cover the seat. Put the seat down. So make sure you put all your stuff up. You know, and nothing is kept near the toilet because it will definitely become contaminated when you flush that toilet and you don't put that seat down. Mm-mm. All right. Whoa. Well, where else are you supposed to keep the phone? Because they're saying don't keep the phone on your hip. Whoa. Okay. Uh, Check this out. They say research has shown that storing your phone in your hip pocket can potentially account for weakening your hip bones. Wow. 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 Whoa. That's deep. I tell you, we do this stuff like automatic, right? And... We don't even know about the dangers that lurk around us all day, all night. You know, I said it before. You all heard me say it a million times. If not for God, we'd be jacked up. Jacked up, jacked up, jacked up, jacked up. So that ends our health conversations today. Well, I got something for you in regards to mm, news. I don't even know where to start because I'm looking at some goodies here. Uh, All right. Well, 
let's start here. Let's start here today. They have this bookstore that has been open since 2021, and they have received an eviction notice. Why? Why would a bookstore receive an eviction notice? Well, the Lower East Side Bookstore, <laughs> they say have been luring drug addicts to their storefront by pushing free clothes, food, and harm reduction services, as well as a bathroom where they can shoot up. So, here's what happened. There was a woman, she's the one, who, there's a woman who owns the store, and they say that back in October, they exposed this bookstore, calling it the Zombie Apocalypse, and it's on Suffolk Street between Rivington and Delancey Street, and they're saying that they called it the Zombie Apocalypse because all the stuff that they're giving out is also included with Narcan, drug testing strips, and a needle drop-off bin. And because of that, the store was, they said, was slapped with a 15-day notice to cure. Now, I, see, here's my thought. Well, let me finish. Let me finish before I, uh, before I get my thought. They say, now, they did give her an opportunity. They say that the state, yeah, this is this is how far it went. It wasn't just the the uh, the landlord, and I guess he wanted to or she wanted to get their ducks in a row. They gave her an opportunity to prevent the eviction if she would have resolved the issues. So, in other words, stop doing the stuff that they said she was in there doing. Well, she never denied it. And they said that, you know, as far as they're concerned, it's a magnet for drug abuse. They um, they have neighbors. Their neighbors have complained that when they come out of their place, they are watching um, people smoke crack, um, fentanyl. They're watching the people shoot up. And who wants that around them? Now, she said... I would rather them not, I would rather not be here. And so she said, no, no. It didn't matter that she was going to get the eviction. And I guess with the complaint of the neighbors, she's got to go. She's got to go. And she's willing to go opposed to not offering these services and they're saying you you can't it's an it's a violation to her lease because they're saying she's operating as a medical facility and i don't know if y'all remember this before but remember there was another um uh talk we had from a a posting of these women remember they were helping the women 
with the um after the, after they came out of the surgery, remember? And they were like, "No, you're operating like you're a like a medical medical facility, and if you're not equipped to do this, then no, you don't you can't be here." And that's what happened. So she's like on her way out because she refuses to abide by the rules. And my thought is she's probably an, an, an ex-addict or either someone who had a close relative. And that's probably why she's so passionate. And I'm not saying that, you know, she had to have these things, but that's where a lot of times these things are fueled from, just some personal experience. And maybe she figured if wherever the person hung out, or maybe where she hung out, you know, if they just had these things. Because remember, she's also got Narcan on the premises, and her her goal is to help. But they're like, nah, we sorry. This can't happen and go on here. And I can understand it. And if you look at the pictures they have, it's a beautiful setup. Her her books, the, the store looks clean, um, and it looks like she can have some good items in there and some of the 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 neighborhoodies um her neighbors are saying they love the store they love the store they they're glad it's there they wish she could you know do what they you know she needs to do but nah so can you imagine that you're gonna lose your whole little license so in other words my question then becomes then what is your real function is your real function to operate a bookstore or is your function really to run a undercover haven for the druggies and i don't know if i'm mad at you you know what i'm saying it's like it's it's noble it's nice but yo we can't do this you know why don't you bring some therapists and some counselors on you know on site and maybe go that route you know you don't want to if you're going to help, then help. You know, try to help them get off opposed to help. You, you, you're providing Narcan and a place for them to smoke and shoot up and a bathroom, you know, for them to do this stuff. And that's not saying real help. You know, it's enabling. And, you know, your, thought, you know, your thoughts and your intent might be okay, but nah, you ain't really helping. You ain't really helping. You ain't really helping. You ain't really helping. All right, another story that I think you're going to find really interesting, and I think this one is really going to hit home for its due time crew members because we've been talking about this quite a bit. The migrants. Now, there's a different story here today. They say that they have been towing, towing some cars from outside of Floyd Bennett Field. And they're saying these ain't no hoopties that they're towing. They say that in one night, they towed at least five unregistered vehicles that have been used by the migrants, and they were illegally parked outside this particular tent city. Now, they're like, yo, the people in the neighborhood are saying that they're annoyed because the people have been knocking on their door. Yeah, it's bad out there. Now, see, this is when people be complaining. You always, 
you, you you think like sometimes people are going overboard and stuff like that, and in actuality they're not. Yo, they said the people been knocking on their door begging for money and food, but yet <laughs> they've got these cars, such as a minty Toyota Toyota Sienna with Florida dealership plates. A row of electric bikes. Now, I remember that coming up in another article because they were saying that these um, migrants have, you know, they have these delivery jobs. They're saying that some of the other vehicles, two Toyota Sequoia um, vehicles, SUVs, and the people are like, yo, they're knocking on our door for food and money, and yet they're driving better cars than we are. Well, one of the things is they ain't getting it registered, and if it ain't registered, it sure ain't insured because you need registration in order to insure a car. And they are living out there. They say the people in Marine Park, they are a pretty much working-class blue-collar neighborhood. They've been complaining about these asylum seeker families showing up on their doorstep asking for spare change and other ways that, you know, the folk around the neighborhood can help them. And you don't want that. You don't want that. And I have to tell you that it's happened here. There was a gentleman who had two little ones, and they couldn't have been no more than maybe about three and four, in a stroller. He could not speak any English. He wasn't knocking on the door, but it was very noticeable. And again, I live in, you know, I don't live in, like, the city, city part. You know, we do have our little, you know, suburban area here. So he stuck out like a straight sore thumb. And he asked, he got to my gate in front of my house and asked in his own way he asked for food and you know looking at him push these kids around and destroy it's like oh boy this is going to be like the new way of living so I did have some extra stuff and you know I did put it in a bag and you know give it to him and he was very grateful um you know trying to be of like, okay, depending on where he's going, he's got to be able to cook this stuff that, you know, if, if I'm giving him that kind of stuff. But, you know, like I said, he didn't literally come up in the yard and come up on my steps and knock on my door. But I'm going to be honest, I wouldn't have been happy because I had somebody come in my yard looking for bottles. And I was like, yo, do not step up in my yard. Don't do that. So, it, you know, it's it's you feel it's invasive, and you, you understand their plight. But can you imagine these people in Marine Park having to endure these people knocking on their doors, and yet their counterparts are driving around in these SUVs and all of this kind of stuff? And you know what? This is really this, – this, I'm telling you, this is only – the smaller part. This is going to get real bad. This is going to get really, 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 really bad for us um, who are living here, who are, you know, doing what, you know, we do, just wanting to live 
and they coming here and just wanting to live and all when the two meet, it may not always be a match made in heaven. So they're like really, really annoyed out there in Marine Park. They are not smiling. They are really raising a whole bunch of wind now. Um, now I want to talk about one more before we go to our um, our uh, our do time crew. Now, this is Florida woman who's been in jail since 2022. She calls home, and in talking to her family, Daisy Link, who's 28 years old, when she called her family on Christmas Day, she told them that she was almost four months pregnant. And they are livid. Because if I just told you she's been jailed since 2022, how is she on Christmas of 2023 telling somebody she's four months pregnant? Now, she was very, very selective as to what she said afterwards because she knows that they're being recorded. And... If she's saying she's pregnant, you know, I always tell people there's more than one way to say something. If she's telling them that she's pregnant, she's also telling them you fill in the blank. All right? Now, she's been at the Turner Guilford Knight Correctional Center in Miami-Dade. And she's there on a second-degree murder charge. Now, she ended up there because she was in a domestic violence incident and she ended up I think they say stabbing I think she stabbed um the person must have been a boyfriend or something who had been abusing her and she's now in jail now I can't find how much time she's supposed to be serving but Regardless of the time she's supposed to be serving, she ain't got no business coming up pregnant. So the sister called, and now the sister's making all of this noise. She said she's worried about her sister's safety because there's no way in the world this should be going on. She said that my sister, when she was able to call us here and there, was trying to tell us pieces of the story. But, again, she was really afraid because she... um. She knew that they were being recorded. So my thing is get up and go. Go visit. Go visit. They can't, you know, record you while you're talking, you know, um, face-to-face. Well, here's why I'm telling y'all this story. They said that it was published. When it came out, they started publishing this story, and they told the news people that her pregnancy may have been a result, I'm going to read it exactly the way they got it, it may have been a result of a male inmate passing semen through an air conditioning vent. Now, come on, y'all. Just admit that one of your nasty, four of your nasty correction officers are in there with these women, whether they're forcing them or whether it's Something that is, you know, that they're agreeing to. Stop. 
stop, stop. Well, the family ain't buying that garbage. So now it is crazy because now they got all kinds of investigations going on because the family's not letting up. And they're saying that they're, they're more concerned that not just her, but other women are being forced to have sex with the correction officers. And so everybody, of course, is keeping their mouth closed. And she was like, yo, my sister's been in there going on two years. And anybody got no business with her. So they're saying that there's no evidence of sexual battery, you know, in their preliminary garbage. And But they do have to admit that pregnant, that inmates should not come up pregnant. And they're also saying that the other problem is that it is a mixed facility, but they are separated by floors. So somebody's doing something because if the inmates are not messing around with the correction officers and you're allowing inmates to mess around with inmates, they're saying somebody's doing something because how would the two meet? If it's inmate and um, inmate. So, man, this is a mess. It's a mess. It's a mess. Let me talk to my girl, Tamika, and see if she agrees that it's a mess. It's a mess. It's a mess. Good morning, Tamika. Monday, Monday morning. Good morning to you. How are you doing today? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I am well. Thank you. How are you? I am well, thank you. That's good to hear. Well, girl, well, girl, well, girl. We're talking about the bookstore that they say are luring <laughs> the strung out junkies with freebies to come to the store. Now, you know, at the end of the day, they probably ain't read no books. But what do you think? Do you think that she should get the eviction notice? notice or should she be left alone to uh exist well when when i think about the ideal of what she's doing you know the thought excuse me is a beautiful but let's just be honest you know nobody wants to see those people and i hate to make it sound that way but i'm being very frank and, and, and very honest you know something as simple as being on a train and you seeing somebody who's either going to shoot up or who's going to, you know, find a way to get their drug. It's, it's very, it does something to you. you. You know, like you can't help them because the only thing that they're thinking about is the need for that drug and that desire for the, the addiction, you know. And if you've been around any person or any number of people like that, it does something to you, you know. Um, uh, someone that is on, I can't think of what the drug is, that makes them zombie-ish, you know. I can't think of it right oh, now. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. you know, they're swaying, they're standing still. They look like they're just about ready to fall, and then they pop up, you know. And heroin. It's, it's very mm-hmm. disheartening. Heroin, thank you. Um, it's very disheartening to see, you know, and I get what she's trying to do, you know, and for those that it affects to be beneficial, you know. But it's Again, it's it's really you know when I saw for the for the eyes, um, 
oh, that's hard. You know, I'm not mad at her for what she's doing, but, you know, you need to be able to get enough finances that, you know, if that's what you're going to do, get get some therapists, get, you know, people that are trying to help these people off drugs, because it's a long process, you know. I, I personally have a relative who actually was on heroin, and because of the degree or the level that he was on, he still has to take it for life. You know, he, he mm-hmm. takes small increments, but heroin, unlike other drugs, is not something that you can um, remove completely out of your life. He's going to have to take heroin for the rest of his life. Mm. Well, there are ex-heroin addicts. They kind of wean off a lot of times to mm-hmm. a methadone or some type of drug like that to help them wean off. Like you said, it's not something, because even when, and I don't know how many people know this, okay, so let's say a crackhead wants to get um, help. Um, Generally, what they do is they just go into a drug rehab place. So they could go into like a Daytop or J-Cap or Samaritan Village. They can just walk up in those places and just say, listen, I, I want to get off this drug. I have health insurance or, you know, something like that, and I, please just take me in. Unlike heroin, in order, if they tell them, when they ask them their drug of choice, if you say something like crack or something like that, it they accept them immediately. It's no problem. Unlike heroin, they have to go to a medical facility for at least a week. Correct. Because the withdrawal is it, it's different, and it's it needs to be seen medically, and it has to be overseen by a medical team. So you couldn't walk up in one of those places and just say, I want to be, a, you know, I want to get off this drug. You have to, there's a process that you have to go through where you have to spend, like I said, at least a week, and then once that week is done and they feel like you can now go, but you have to detox first. And so that, you know, so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm kind of um, following what you're saying, you know, and, and for you to have these people in your facility who actually shoot up. And like you said, um, Tamika, you know, now you're nodding and all of that. that. Who wants to see that, especially if you have a bona fide bookstore? Now, if you've got a bona fide bookstore, like one of the neighbors said, he loves the books. He thinks she has an excellent um, facility, but, yeah, he can't really go in there and patronize because he doesn't want to experience what else is there at the bookstore. So, I mean, much to what you're saying, no, nobody wants to endure this. Nobody wants to experience that. And you have a right. You, excuse me, you have a right to be able to say what you want to, you know, have around you. So that that that's really just craziness right there. I want to know what you think of the migrants who have cars. <laughs> now, they say that the cars have not been registered. They say the cars were illegally parked. Um, but yet their friends <laughs> or their roommates are knocking on people's door for food and, and, and all kinds of money. Well, you know I'm extremely territorial. You know, anything that doesn't look right, smell like, taste like, sound like in my neighborhood, I'm looking. I'm the Miss Pearl on my street. 
you know, yeah. just, <laughs> you know, just just things like that drive me crazy, you know. And now, you know, and and I'll be very transparent in in that um, I have the ring, the doorbell. So whenever you come up on my property, I know it. You know, sometimes I'll, you know, open the window because it's like, you know, you've been there too long. What is it that you need? You know, there shouldn't be, you know, my, 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 right in front of my house is a gate. So in order for you to get to my property, you have to open up the gate. And whenever the gate opens, you know, automatically, I know it. So, you know, two and three o'clock in the morning, 11 o'clock at night, you know, these people are coming and checking the recycling. I'm sleeping. Really? You know, and so each time that the ring goes on at that, that time of the night, of course, and I'm me being a light sleeper, I'm automatically awakened by you just trying to see if there's recycling. I don't keep, well, that's the other thing. I don't keep recycling there. I recycle my own box. So there's never a need for you to go there. I can't tell you that at 2 o'clock in the morning because now I've got to wake up to look to see who's on my property. You know, and I get that you have a need. I get that you have a concern. I understand all of that. But it's, it's, you know, it's, let's just be honest, it's, it's an infringement. It's an infringement on my property. It's a, and then you knock on my door again. You know, I honestly, I don't want to see this. I don't want to be a part of this, you know. And then to know that you've got a vehicle. It's, it's almost as if, yeah, you can come in, you can do this. You've got all these rights here. You know, I'm going to give you an e-bike. You know, that could be dangerous to anybody in the vicinity if it's not charged properly. You know, if it, there's just so many different infringements. I'm just being very, you know, honest. I don't want to see it. I don't want to be a part of it. Don't knock on my door. You know, um, especially not at night when, you know, my household is sleeping. And, you know, it's, we're going to see more of this. This is not the first, you know, it won't be the last. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I said, this is just the beginning. We're going to hear all kinds of stories, um, you know, when it comes to this whole migrant issue. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Let's say good morning to Pastor KL. Good morning, Pastor KL. Good morning, Pastor Steph. How are you today? You were supposed to meet me with one bag. Yo, what's with you? <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Pastor KL. Uh, now that we know that you're okay, uh, thank you for joining us today. Uh, what are we talking about? Are we talking about the migrants? Or are we talking about the bookstore with the uh, extracurricular activity that's going on? Well, I mean, we, I guess we can go with the bookstore. Um, I, I'm with you when you say that uh, she's enabling them. It's almost mm. like, and, and the first thing that came to my mind was the parent who smoke weed right. and know that their children and know that their children smoke weed. And they're, they're, uh, they say, well, I'd rather them smoke in the house with mm-hmm. me than mm-hmm. smoke outside and get something mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the, that's the enabling. That's the, the excuse that we make, you, you know. And I think it's a sad situation because, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying. I understand what Tamika's saying. But I can't really see the help. The help is trying mm-hmm. to get them off this stuff. Right. You know. 
but but we're giving them a facility to do the stuff. What is motivating me to stop? Mm. If you say I can go into the bathroom and 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 take a shot, or you know, I mean, do, do it right there. If I'm nodding, first of all, you know, what what kind of consideration do you have for the regular customers? Mm. You know, because I'm sure these folks who are shooting up, they ain't reading no books. They nodding mm. off. They're not picking up no book. They're not buying a book. They're just there because it's a safe haven. So here I am, want to spend my money, but I have to deal with this scenery. No, no, no. If I wanted a book with pictures, I'd buy one. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's an interesting way of putting it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, I, I have to agree. You know, you're not you're not working on the greater good. You're, you know, and that's why I said my feeling is she might be an ex-junkie or an ex-addict, and she mm-hmm. knew how hard it was, and now her thing is I got to make, you know, I got to make a, a, it easy for them. Or someone who has a loved one or who has had a loved one, who feels like, you know, hey, you know, I, I, I know how it was. And, you know, someone had just given them a chance. You know, it, people do things for weird reasons. And for some reason, that's where my head is going with this particular um, situation. Uh, Pastor KL, I'm going to give you the Florida woman who's been in jail since 2022. But as of December 23, she's with child. Ooh, how's that happen? Yeah, she she's doing a whole nother sentence. That that that's a that's a that's a totally different sentence. You know, I'm not sure what she got for 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 the murder, but now they they just added nine months to her sentence. There, there's something going on right there. You know, and that that that's pretty scary. You know, so so here you are. I'm here because I did something wrong, and I have to do time for it. But somebody else does something wrong, mm-hmm. and they get to go in and out of this facility as they wish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This is this is bad. I'm really gonna you know keep up with this story because I'm really interested in finding out who is guilty. How you know? I'm gonna ask you to just to pick your brains. How are they gonna? What's what's the advice? investigation going to entail, Tamika, with how they're going to find out who the baby daddy is? What are they going to do? It's going to be like the movie Life, you know, exactly. <laughs> where the baby goes exactly. and you just take the baby and you start standing beside each inmate. Is you the daddy? Is you the pappy? Is you the daddy? That is going to be one of them. Yo, I didn't even think of that. I didn't even think of it. You stupid. I didn't even think of that. That that's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. Pastor KL, well, how are we getting to who the baby daddy is? Well, well, first of all, I mean, at some point, at some point, and, and it might be detriment to her her life at this point. But at some point, she has to she has to tell. She has to say something, and it really won't find out until nine months. After the baby's complete, yeah. uh, after the baby's born, and they do a blood test, but, yeah. but they're gonna have to they're gonna have to promise to move her, and she's gonna have to tell. But I mean, at that point, that that 
um, that goes with you. So if they think you a snitch, wherever you go, you might have an issue. Mm. And and you know that 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 was my thought as I was reading last night. I'm saying to myself, okay, so the natural thing to do in my brain is to do what you said. Okay, so now you got to wait for her to have the baby, then get DNA for the baby. Now the, the little the little baby got to be poked a little additionally um, or longer to get this evidence to get this DNA and how you you gonna have to go through every employee there first in order and to expedite the process I agree with you 100% she gonna have to talk up she's gonna have to say and it could be to the detriment and I agree now, see here's the scary part Pastor Kale. we're talking about moving her from facility to facility and like you said you know, listen, this stuff is, these circles are very small. You've got people who move around so they know somebody who works here and all of this kind of stuff. And based off who's in charge, you know they talk. And so to move her to another facility is one thing. They'd have to move her completely away. It's not going to be no, um, you know, move her from facility to facility in Miami-Dade or even Florida, they're going to have to move her completely because they, they, that's not going to go over well with all of these nasty people. And it's so sad because it is, it's not an inmate, Pastor Kale. It is not an inmate. It is one of those nasty correction officers in there, and they're the guilty ones. And, you know, simple things turn so complicated. She's in there to serve time. Leave her alone. Let her serve the time. Now, you got a whole new issue. So I agree she's going to have to talk, but they're going to have to move her completely. They're going to have to move her out of Florida, you know, where it, the reach is less, you know. So I don't know. I don't know. Oh, my goodness gracious. This, You know, Pastor K.L., let's, let's, let me, let's talk about this for a second. How, how do we complicate life so, so easily? Go to work. Well, I mean, just go to work. Just go to work. Right. You just employ. Go to work. When you're there, do your time. You're going there to do your time. Just do your. How do we end up complicating things that are so easy? Well, because of of access. You know, I I I, I often say, you know, with, with with my job that, you know, when when you hire somebody. They don't come in with the intentions of, I'm going right. to steal. Right. You know what I'm saying? But giving them the opportunity to steal, if it seems easy and it seems like I can get... Listen, how many of us, and, and let, let's just be honest, if, if before we were saved, if we knew we could get away with it, how many people we, would we murder? How many people <laughs> got on our nerves that bad that we would have killed them? I mean, if we be honest. How many times have we gotten to that point, you know, that if, if we didn't know God and we knew we wouldn't go to jail for life, how many folks would be dead right now? So, you know, we, just because we have the ability to hide or to, or to uh, slip through the cracks, we do it. Mm, you know, <laughs> um. My my mind goes 
to like a million different places. Um, access. Um, evil. Um, just naturally being sinful and having the desire. And it's so easy to be wrong. It's so easy. It's so enjoyable to sin. Greed. There is like certain things, you know, several things that come to my mind. And one of the things that you said, you know, well, the the thing that you said is, is really very true. Access. You know, I agree. When we go into onto these jobs and things like that, nobody's looking to, you know, purposely do these things. That's not, you know, that's not my goal. My goal is not to go in here and end up with, you know, another inmate. My goal is not to go up in here and, you know, sex another, uh, sex an inmate, and I'm supposed to be the one who's, covering their safety and and bringing order into the place. That is never your goal. But because of greed, because of power tripping, because of so many things, we end up here. And it's, it's so sad because, again, you have this very simple situation. I'm working in a facility where we house criminals who have to do time for their crimes. Let me just go to work, do my job, and that's it. For the other people who go in there, you know, we know how desperate they are, and, and they're there, and, and they're trying to manipulate the system and make it work for them and things like that. It, so, you know, it's, it's quicker for them to think of things like that. Here we are. Here we are, you know, with this situation where, you know, she tells her family I'm pregnant, and she knew that they were going to. Let me tell you something. You know your people, Pascal. You know your people. You know good and well they're going to cause an uproar. You know good and well. You know that ain't falling well on their ears. So, you know, it's, it's, I just wanted to pick your brain a little bit. So thank you for allowing me to do so. Ah, You know Monday's our relationship day. And uh, I just looked, and I see... Brother Al has joined us. So this is a really interesting conversation today if I have my two men on with me because the topic is why women ghost men. Some of the most common reasons that women have given for them ghosting men. And for those of you who may not know what ghosting is, you know, as a matter of fact, Pastor Kale, as far as you're concerned, what is ghosting? Just answer that. Well, well, for me, ghosting is you you just disappearing. You know, after for for a man, what what seems to be look like everything is going all right. Now I can't reach you. Now you're gone. Or if I was the one who was trying to impress you by buying you stuff and giving you what you want, now that you got what you want, you done disappear. You know, it's peekaboo, you know what I mean? I don't see you. All righty, all righty. Let's say good morning to Brother Al. Good morning, Brother Al. Good morning, top of the morning, top, top of the morning. Ah. Brother Al, in your opinion, what is ghosting? 
you don't want to be bothered no more. You know, I, I don't want to be bothered no more. So I didn't block you and got rid of your number and you're not able to contact me no more. So I'm done. I won't be bothered. All righty. Well, let's see what the women have said as to why they ghost men. Well, the first one they say, you're too serious about her. Brother Al, should that cause a woman to ghost a man because he's too serious about her? I would say yes, because if, 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 you know, if she's not serious about you and then you didn't got serious about her and you call her all the time, you're not listening to her when she tells you to don't call her that many times and you continue to do it and everything. So, yeah, you know what? You don't want to listen, so I'm going to do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Pastor KL, you know, she says you're too serious about her. Is that really a reason to ghost yeah, you know, some folks don't don't want a commitment, you know, and and you know, some folks are honest in the beginning and say, hey, listen, you know, I'm not ready for a commitment, you know, we can date, we can da da da, whatever, and then you think because she said I'm not ready for a commitment, but she gave you a piece, then now she's your woman, <laughs> you know, and then you become clingy, so that's the problem. You know, some folks just want an open relationship. Mm, mm, mm. I haven't heard that terminology in quite some time. Oh, my goodness <laughs> gracious. Well, let's go on the flip side of things. She's saying, you're not taking her seriously enough. Brother Al, is that a reason to ghost? Yes, I've ghosted you for anything. You know, listen, I, I want to be serious and you lie. You want to play the film. So, so, you know what? You don't want to be serious. Why am I wasting my time? See you when I see you. Don't want to be you. <laughs> Another phrase I haven't heard in years. Pastor KL, she's saying on the flip side of things, you're not taking her seriously enough. Well, yeah, serious I enough. mean, this is true. Here it is. You know, my clock is ticking. And I want to get married. But you don't want to get married. You don't even want to be committed. Yeah, I, I got to go because, listen, I want to have a baby. I'm not, you know, I, I don't have any children. I'm in my 40s. I better have one now. Otherwise, he's going to look old when, when, he get, when, he, when he's gone. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, she says your communication skills are trash, Brother Al. Is that a reason for her to ghost you? Yes. Yeah, I told you I'm ghosting for everything. <laughs> I can't have a conversation <laughs> with you. <laughs> I can't have a conversation with you. I done told you once before, if you can't make it, call me and let me know. You still don't do it. Okay. I say, you want to play rough? I'll play real. Got to go. Mm. Wow. Okay. Pastor KL, your your communication skills are trash in her opinion. Is that enough to that she should ghost you? Yeah, definitely. If if you are fifty year old rapper and you keep on talking nah, I me, mean, I, I you know, if, if you're still talking in slang words and you can't put a, a complete sentence together, that's communication. You know, if, if we go out to the restaurant, you know, saying, 
and, and you be with, you know, trying to call for the waiter. You know that? Nah, we, we can't do it. All righty. Here's the piggyback, the piggyback of Pastor KL. She calls, yes. you sitting at the table, you want to get the waitress, you go, oh, and now you got to go. Oh, my goodness, yes. I, I, I assume that that's the, that's the sound that Pastor KL was going for. I kind of I got that. <laughs> thank, you for, thank you for making the right noise, the right sound for us, Brother Al. <laughs> now, we've talked about this next one a million times. But now that uh, now that we are here, we're talking about ghosting. Should you ghost someone <laughs> for just not being good on the first date, first date going bad? Should there be another chance, or should I just ghost you and get this over with, brother Al? I say give another chance. You know, sometimes the person is nervous. I know first impression means a lot. But, you know, sometimes a person may be nervous, ain't know what to say. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you another chance. Now, if it go bad that time, you're on your own like Patty LaBelle. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. You know, Pastor KL, the first date didn't go well. I mean, is it enough to make you ghost the, the, the man? Listen, listen, I say if we go to a fancy restaurant, and you call the waiter and say, hey, you made a mistake. You gave me two faults. Yeah, it's time for you to go. Let me say that. If you don't understand that that one fault is for the salad and one fault is for your, your dinner. You yeah, know we, what? You're not for me. You're not for me. You know what? I had no clue. I did not go there. I'm like, well, what's the big deal with two forks? Okay, okay, I got you. I got you. Uh, uh, that, that's interesting. Okay, so you want to ghost her for that one, huh? Oh, definitely, 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 because you have no class. No class. <laughs> and I'm boozy. I'm boozy. I know I'm boozy, so you have no class. Okay. Uh, Brother Al, you said I would give another opportunity to a second, uh, for a second date, because sometimes just things just don't go well at the first date. Is there a time... Or an instance, let's put it like that. Is there an instance where you would ghost or she should ghost you at all? Or is it like, well, for whatever it is, it needs to be a second opportunity? No, I think I think there's uh, certain certain things. You know, if, I, if I'm out and I see that you're a little nervous and, you know, stuff like that, okay. But, like, if I'm out with you and you take and you mess around, uh, and we'd have had dinner, you pull out a cigarette, oh, no, you're gone. You know, so it's, it's certain, mm-hmm. certain things, I would say. So, you know, or we sit there having a conversation and we talking, and I tell you I go to church and you tell me you don't believe in God. The, the, the date over. Oh, I appreciate that. Oh, boy, it certainly looks like rain. We got to go. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <It's a minute. laughs> but, uh, <laughs> what was that? I said, you I, supposed I, I, to minister said. to her at that point. That, 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 Wait, that's that's that again? I said, at that point, you're supposed to minister to her. Try to win her soul. I will. Yeah, I will ask her why she don't believe. You know, and I will ask her. I'm like, oh, you don't believe in God? Why, why you don't believe? I would ask. You know, because maybe she wasn't taught. I'm, I'm going to give that opportunity to answer the question. So depending on your answer... You know, 
<laughs> or are you willing to get to know God? No, I'm not willing to get to know. I don't believe it. Okay, no problem. No problem. You know, I was going to ask that question as well. I was, you know, my question was, okay, so a person comes out and says, I don't believe in God. You know, is that not, and see, here, here's, here's why I'm asking these questions. Because we're talking about ghosting. She's going to ghost him. But these are the reasons why she says, I'm ghosting him. I've, or I have ghosted someone, a male, because of these reasons. So that was my question. It's like, okay, so do we take the time to minister at all, or do we just say, I'm out, you don't believe in God, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so if she, if you do ask her, Brother Alan, pick your brain. If she does ask you, I mean, I'm sorry, if you do ask her, well, you know what, you don't believe in God, what you know, why not? What would be the answer that would make you ghost her after that? Um, well, I would listen to her reason, right? And then I, I, I would, you know, I would pick her brain with her. Are you willing to get to know him? This is, this is things that he does for me. And she's just adamant that uh, well, I don't believe him because I just don't believe in it. I, I don't think there's no God. I, you know, I don't believe in God and and I think people who believe in God are stupid because you believe in something you can't see. You know, I'm going to talk a little bit more. But if I see that you adamant and you just, hey, you just that, got to go. Okay, okay. Pastor KL, where, what's your stand on that? Well, well I too would, would, would ask the question and, and see why. You know what I mean? A, a, a lot of folks would say just what Al said. You know, how how can you trust and believe someone that you've never seen before? You know, I I, I would if she would allow me to. You know, because I'm I'm, I'm well versed. I, I I will take things and bring it into today's uh, form and, and show her how you know this is what God does or or, or look what what God did and look at your situation and and, and put a parable, you know, with what she's going through to just see if I can get her to that side. You know what I mean? Um, if, if at that point she's adamant about that, I'm just a bumbling idiot, then yeah, it's, it's time to go. Now, who's the bumbling idiot, you or her? Well, me, because I'm trying to, I'm trying to, uh, you know, give you examples on why and, and how there is a God. And, and if you just don't want to hear about my, 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 my rhetoric, if you will, then, yeah, I mean, I, I'll be ghosting you. Or she might be ghosting me because she don't want to, you know, hear what I got to say. I mean, I'm not going to talk to her like a Jehovah Witness, but, I mean, I, I, I'm trying to, you know, convince you or show you that there is a God. That had it not been for God, you know, you and I would not be having this conversation. You know what I mean? So. Um. Uh, okay, okay. So I have to ask you guys: Is this all happening on the first date, or is this happening post the first date that we're going to have, or is all of this going to take place at the dinner table on the first night, brother Al? Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to say because that conversation might not come up, right? You know, like when you, before you go out to dinner, you may be just talking about some other things, so it it may not pop up then. So, you know, um, it should because, again, if you want to get to know a person, you should be. So I'm, I'm looking at, I want to have that conversation with you before 
you know, before we go out to dinner. So if you say that, you know, like I said, we still go out because then you never know. God might have put you in this person's life to help show this person the way. So, you know, I'm going to give you that opportunity. You know, we talk to, okay, we go out to dinner. The conversation don't come up again. So you would know because if, if that's the case, then she would get um, irritated. Like, why do you keep bringing that up? Okay. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. So you're not ghosting her. At, if this comes up at the first conversation or at the at the date, during the date, you're not ghosting her or are you ghosting her now or, or are we leaving room? And I'm not saying right, good, bad, right, wrong, and different. I'm asking, you know, do you push further and say, well, you know what, I'll, I'll go for a second date because there's a possibility. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to push a little further because, you know, one of the things I'm going to explain to her, that, hey, listen, I'm a Christian, I believe in God, I go to church. Would you have an issue with that? Or would you have an issue or even accommodating coming with me to church? So, you know, like I said, I'm, again, you never know, this person might, you know, God might have sent you this person to change, you know, to help change this person, you know, uh, mindset. So I'm, I'm going to give that opportunity, you know, and, and, and see what happens from there. But if, like I said, okay. if I try all of that and you're just adamant, then okay, then you know what, this is this is not going to work for me. Okay, okay. Pastor Kayla, are we going past this, sec, you know, into a second date to possibly have this, uh, a greater conversation about this? Well, well, okay, so I would have to have this, I, I would have to have this, this is like the the telephone conversation. That, that you have when you're getting to know each other before you even go on the date. Because I, I, I would have to know whether I'm dealing with a devil or spirit. You know, what's going oh, on before I take Oh, my goodness. You know, not on, I mean, I'm just being honest with you. And, and, and I would have to know, you know, the God you serve before I pay for, for, for I'm not paying for the devil. I'm just, I'm not doing that. You know, so, so a lot of times, even when we were young, you know, we stay on the phone at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. You hang up first. No, you hang up first. All this, we need to have this conversation. This is part of my conversation before you hang up first. You know what I mean? And, and within that conversation, if it does not sound like it's going well, I'm going to keep having this conversation. This is the second date on the phone. But there's no need for us to go out together if, 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 we're, if we're not equally yoked. Mm, okay. All right. Well, let me ask uh, Tamika and see what she has to say about this. So, Tamika, we are on the first date. You know, we're talking about reasons why. Um, hold on. I just lost Tamika. Okay. All right. So, all right. All right. So, interesting, interesting, men. We got a couple more minutes. We got a couple more minutes. Uh, she says that she ghosts him because he had too many other women. Is this the reason why she needs to ghost him, Brother Al? Yes. I, I would say yes to that because, okay, you, you know he got all these women. So sometimes women feel, you know what, he got all these women, but I'm going to be number one. I'm going to change it and I'm going to be the one. 
and then they see they're not the one, then heck come the drama. So yes, you know, you if you look into just to, if you looking just to uh, have a, a, a just a relationship with you and him, and he got these other women. Uh, time to go. Okay, okay. Pass the KL. She's ghost him because he's got too many other women. Definitely, definitely, definitely. I mean, if, if you if you're looking for something more serious, and you know, you know, he has other women. I mean, it's out there like that, and that's not for you. You know, I let, let's just back up for a minute. I, I don't believe in ghosts. I mean, just be honest and say, hey, listen, you got too many women. You know, I, I can't, I can't deal with you no more. If I continue to call you, hoping that that you understand that that I have a harem, then yeah, you ghost me. Mm, okay. Okay. All right, let's take one more. And uh, he's going through, no, let me let me rephrase that. She's going through a difficult time right now. So then all of a sudden, and we've seen movies like this. We've seen movies like this or TV shows or whatever, and she decides to ghost him. Is that reason to ghost him, Brother Al? Um, I would say no, because, you know, you never know. I, he might can give you some great advice or, uh, you know, help you. You know, so I, I think you should give him that opportunity unless you're trying to hide something. But, no, I don't think she should go through on that. Okay, okay. Pastor KL. I think it's selfish. I mean, if, if, if you knew that you were going through all this stuff, you shouldn't you should have started talking to me. You shouldn't you should allow me to talk to me. You shouldn't allow me to take you on a date if you knew you wasn't ready for anything. Because it sounds like since you're going through stuff, you're not even ready for a friendship. You know, so I think you became very, very selfish. And, you know, I don't think that's the reason to ghost, but, yeah, they, they, they do it. Okay, okay. Brother Al, have you ever been ghosted? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you ever had, find out why? Uh, uh, it's funny. It's a funny story. I was going, well, you know, I, I was, I was seeing this young lady. You know, we kind of fooling around and stuff, nothing serious. And then all of a sudden, I know um, she stopped calling. Me. And so I called her a couple of times. She didn't answer. So I said, okay, well, maybe she don't want to be bothered. And I left it alone. And then come to find out, when I look on Facebook, she got married. I was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> Wow. Like, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I looked on Facebook and, and saw her picture up. She just got married. I was like, wow. I said, okay. So, <laughs> what did you think? What did you think? I, I thought my mind ran on a couple of times. I was like, wow, you put me in a situation. Why you didn't tell me? You know, my mind said, like, okay, why you didn't tell me you were involved? Because I did ask her, are you involved with somebody or whatever? And she was like, she was like no, I'm not seeing nobody. And I said, all right, so well, we can date and we'll see what happens. And she's like, okay. So I'm sitting there like, wow, you put me in a situation. What if me and you would have been out? And this guy coming, I don't know what the heck going on. And this guy roll up on us, you know. I'm like, you know, you put me in harm's way. You didn't even give me the opportunity to say, well, you know what? Okay, you see somebody, I still want to mess around. Or no, I don't want to mess around. So I, you know, I, was, I was just like, 
you know, I'm glad it happened that way that, you know, nobody was able to get hurt. Okay, okay. Pastor KL, have you ever been ghosted? No, I can't say that I have. I've always, um, you know, they, they love me. You know, I, I, I love <laughs> kids. I, I love the way. Oh, oh my goodness. I love the way. I, I, I can't say that I've uh, experienced that, you know. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Well, let me ask you gentlemen this before we go. You know, we've given reasons or they've given reasons why they've ghosted. There's still a the whole handful of reasons here. But, Brother Al, what is a reason, what do you think it would be a good reason why she should ghost him? I, I think a, a good reason is if if, if, if she's being, um, if, if, if she, she's being abused. You know, if, she, if she's being abused, that's definitely a reason reason to get go far, get away from there. Okay, okay. Uh, Pastor Kale, outside of abuse, is there a reason? And you kind of said something a minute ago, but, you know, now that you've had a couple extra minutes to think, <laughs> I'll tell you what I just got hit with. Um, if there's a reason why she should ghost him. If 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 she finds, you know, again, Tamika says as well, where everybody, in the beginning, they bring the representative. And then all of a sudden, you know, I think you are, you're a nice guy, but all of a sudden I find out that you're a bad boy, you're a lifestyle, you're a drug dealer, and all this other stuff. And that's not you. You know, you come from an upright, uh, you, you know, and now you're a bad boy. Or now that you're doing stuff that I'm just not, I'm not into you start smoking weed, or you know, you the person at the bookshop uh, doing heroin. Yeah, that, that I gotta go. I gotta go. Okay, okay, all right. Interesting. Thank you so much, gentlemen, for your contribution into today's conversation, and we pray you have a blessed day. Wait, 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 wait. Real quick, thank you. Real quick, real quick. Okay, so I have some some uh some reasons here from the ladies. She says a reason to ghost him his breath. <laughs> All right, brother Al, is that good enough? I, I think you should leave Stella, but if you don't listen, you know, you can't do that. I'm I'm a very clean person, so Hygiene is definitely a mean and negotiate if you don't take care of business. Okay. Pastor KL, should she ghost him because of his breath? Yeah, if, 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 if she if, if it's offending her, yeah. <laughs> All right. Stop can't stop referencing sex. Brother Al, should she ghost him? They can't stop rushing in sex. Uh, if she's not into that, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because, again, you know, it could be he's showing her, hey, listen, you know, I'm, I'm really into you. Okay. Pastor KL, should she ghost him if he can't stop referencing sex? Well, my question is, do I answer this question in my former life or in today's life? 
technically, he's not the one who ultimately rules the world. But again, unless you really sit and read and study and have that relationship with God, you don't really understand that. But it's, <laughs> I had a conversation with someone yesterday, and, you know, I was talking to them about, you know, some of the things that God has been sharing with me that would be beneficial for them. And even in their own admittance, you know, they're saying they need to be disciplined with this, and they don't know this, so they have to learn this, so on and so forth. And I thought it was very mature of them. And then they just went on to start saying how, well, you know, I don't understand how I would be able to to really buckle down with God because look at the world and everything is crazy with the world. And after a while, I just got real annoyed. And I was like, okay, stop worrying about the world. You can't even handle yourself. Why are you worried about the world? If you can't even handle you, you cannot try to tackle, because you're trying to sound like you want to be an activist. Okay, listen, you can't control you. You cannot address world issues where you cannot even get you down pat. And we have to really make sure that we're not loving this world and the things of it. First John 5 version reads, do not love the world of sin that opposes God and his precepts, meaning his rules, his regulations, nor the things that are in the world. And when you think about a lot, especially if you call yourself a hustler or a go-getter, a lot of the things that we do, we are trying to obtain the things that are in the world, the money, the fame, the clout, the notoriety, um, especially the, the possessions, you know, the, the house, or the dope apartment, the car, the sneakers, the clothes. We're trying to have all and possess all of these things but yet, where is our mind really focused on? It's making me think about the treasures, what God tells us about the treasures. Our heart is where our treasures are. We cannot love this world, and we're about to see why. Revelation eight thirteen Amplified Version. Then I looked, and I heard a solitary eagle flying in mid-heaven for all to see, saying with a loud voice, Woe, 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 great wrath is coming to those who dwell on the earth. Because of the remaining blast of the trumpet, which the three angels are about to sound, announcing ever greater judgment. If you have never read Revelation chapter 8, I know a lot of people shy away from it because I'm so scared. Get over it. You don't have to be scared. As Pastor Steph would say, if you get right with the Lord, you ain't got to be scared. But read that chapter and you will read of all of the craziness (laughs) that God is allowing to be poured out on the earth prior to this verse. And then when reading this, this talk about there's going to be even greater judgment. And here's what I also found interesting. Woe means great sorrow or distress or trouble, right? Then I also saw that there's a slang definition, a definition in slang. I'm sorry. It happens to be the same definition. That's how you know it's serious. Because a lot of the times when you see a word and you look up the definition for it, a lot of times when you look up the definition in the Urban Dictionary, like what it means in the streets, it has a completely different meaning. Whether you're talking about in the streets or whether you're talking about biblical or whatever, it has the same meaning. Great sorrow, distress, or trouble to those who are left on the earth who will now have to witness and endure all of the wrath that God is pouring to all of the people who are loving this world. Mark eight thirty-five to 36, Amplified Version, these are words that came directly from Jesus' mouth. For whoever wishes to save his life in this world will eventually lose it through death. But whoever loses his life in this world for my sake and the gospel's will save it. 
from the consequences of sin and separation from God. For what does it benefit a man to gain the whole world with all its pleasures and forfeit his soul? And this made me think about what I had to say to someone yesterday, that once upon a time I was okay with the five-minute feel-good, the five-minute pleasures. I didn't realize I was okay with it. And then when I realized it was only for five minutes, I tried to convince myself to be okay with it. Well, at least it's five minutes to feel good, even though I know it's going to fade away or turn to trash later. I'm not about that life anymore. I don't want to be, did y'all hear what's going to happen in the verse I read from Revelation 8? Anyone who is loving this world is going to be cut off, separated from God, and will endure the wrath that will be poured onto those who are left here. So we have to make sure we are making a conscious decision of making the switch from loving this world to loving ourselves and God enough to want to save our lives in him. Thank you, Pastor Steph. Thank you, Shantice, and we pray you have a blessed day. Thank you. Thank you. Mm. Let's get this benediction. Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Revelation 7, verse 12. You know, generally, I always know what I want to say in the closing earlier. Um, But Hmm. My mind was as I was listening to our switch tip this week. My mind had been on some other stuff, and then just figuring out how to merge it all. And what I want to leave you with today, and I think I want to stay right there. I think I'm going to stay right there with the, with the switch tip. You know, do not love the world or the things of it. You know, it, it's one thing to, you know, be in this world but not of the world. And, you know, a lot of times you have not been able to get that when you first give your life to the Lord, which prevents other people from giving their life to the Lord. You know, you always hear, well, when I'm ready or, you know, when I get right or when I stop doing this and I stop doing that, then I'll give my life to the Lord. And we have to understand that we don't have those capabilities on our own. You know, those things, we're not going to stop those things. Even, again, like I said, you know, before, even people, let's say, stop smoking and they don't know the Lord, it's not them who, you know, has, you know, is responsible for shaking the cigarette um, addiction or habit. We have to rely on God for everything. So when you choose the world over God, you don't even realize the magnitude of what you've just chosen, who you've just chosen. You know, Brother Allen brought up the, the issue of, you know, the woman who does not want to have anything to do with God. And, you know, people have a million reasons now why they don't want to give their life to the Lord. You know, they saw somebody go through this or, you know, the the way the world has made um, God look is a reason why 
you know, they don't want to give their life to the Lord or because God disappointed them or because, you know, somebody said that God should have done this, but in actuality, you know, he did it, he didn't come through and blah, 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 blah. But when we realize that just the very air we breathe is just given to just simply given to us by God, we have the ability to do nothing. And I mean nothing if it weren't for God. And I think a lot of times we don't even realize how we have chosen the world over God. And it's not going to sound nice. You know, people say, oh, you know, why you got to go that extreme? Because it is. You know, reading this Bible from cover to cover... I can actually say that I have laid my eyes on every single verse in this Bible. And and that was big for me. You know, when when December 31st came and I could, I, I finished, I was like, I can actually say I've read the Bible from cover to cover. And you actually realize that a lot of things that people say, now, so some things are just like, you already realize that, but things just stick out. I didn't read such and such a thing in the world says that, you know, that if you do this and you do that. No. This is a real definitive decision, my brothers and my sisters. When you choose God over this world, and the more and more you talk to people, the more and more you see people think they have an option, that they can And God does make us free agents. We can do whatever it is they want. But at the end of the day, you really ain't got no option if you want to really live. You know, what's your definition of living? Is your definition just learning to accept, you know, the hand that you've been dealt? Well, you know, my mother really didn't have, and I'm doing a little better than her. Or my parents, you know, didn't get married, but, you know, at least I'm married. You know, we live, a lot of us live in the at least world. At least I did this. At least I've done that. I'm doing better than so-and-so, and and I'm making it more than so-and-so. I'm living better than everybody else that I know. And no, our God does not want us in the at least. At least you're breathing. Jesus said, I didn't just come to give life, but I came to give life more abundantly. I came to give you more than what you ever could even imagine. And I have to tell you that that's what I've I've come to know about God. He is not a God of just measly, miserly living. You know, I want it all. I want everything that God has for Stephanie. I want it all. I don't know why he wants it all for me. But if God wants it all for me, I surely am not going to take the road of less. No. I want whatever God has for me. I want the peace God has for me. Because this world can rob you everywhere you turn. This world can rob you of your peace. I have heard people every little thing they scared of. Oh my gosh! And I said to myself, and, and I'm not talking about the non-believer. I'm talking about those of us who claim to know God. How you have allowed your life and what you look around and see to rob you of the peace that God 
has for you, the peace that Jesus died on the cross for you to have, I cannot understand it. It is so puzzling to me. Every little thing you mention, it's like, well, I can't do this. And you say, okay, well, you know what, how about that? And you go, well, I can't do that. Or without even asking, everything you hear is so negative. And I say to myself, do you really know God? Do you really understand the peace? My peace I give to you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Where are you standing on any of that when every little thing is troubling you? I, I, there are several people like that I've heard speaking. I'm saying to myself, then what have you grabbed that God has offered? When every little thing bothers you, when you're nervous about everything, and you know, and somebody says, well, I'm not, I'm, it's not everything. Yes, if it's 89%, I'm sorry, that heavily outweighs the other little bit that you're so positive about. And that's not God. And none of us are perfect. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is you have decided you have decided to let everything trouble you. You have decided. Because if the Spirit of the Lord resides in you, that ain't got nothing to do with Him. Nothing. Nothing. You have not stepped aside, laid down your own spirit so that God's Spirit can take over. Remember, the Spirit of the Lord is a gift. That spirit of the Lord is bringing back to my remembrance all of the scriptures that I've read, all of the promises that I've read, what God has for Stephanie. But I'm going to watch this world, and I'm going to be troubled by the world so heavily that I'm going to forget or lay down the spirit of the Lord, but pick up my own spirit and allow that spirit to gauge everything I do, everything I feel, everything I think, everything I see. And I, I sit and I scratch my head and I'm like, you know what, God? I'm going to stop trying to figure them out and I'm going to give you thanks. Ooh, thank you. Thank you that you've gotten Stephanie. That, and let me tell you all something. I just got finished telling the kids in the church on Sabbath. I don't look like what I've been through. And the stuff that I've seen people complain and talk about, if I were to tell you some of the stuff that I have been through, it would make your head spin. Because you would say, really? Yeah, really. But I give God thanks that I've allowed him to take over. And I don't have to worry about none of that stuff. And I, I invite you to do the same. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew, who always comes through big time. Thank you for hanging out with us. Please do not miss this opportunity to give Christ your life right now. Because there's nothing like it. <laughs> if you've given your life to Christ, so you say, 
then take this opportunity to strengthen that relationship with the Lord because ain't nothing like it. And later is not promised to any of us. Until tomorrow God spares. Where it's Let's Talk About It Tuesday Church Folk Day. Until then, I love you.